Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mixon Smokers. If you're a caterer competition or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And now, here's your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? So we are hanging out with Lee from Smoking Bears. If you're on Instagram, you want to go to smoking underscore bears underscore otherwise there's some weird random motherfucker that you're gonna get uh so you want to make sure you get the right human so once again it's smoking underscore bears underscore uh fantastic human he's he's a great cook doing some beautiful beautiful stuff so lee i want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast hanging out with us chatting barbecue man tell us a little bit about yourself what got you into cooking oh wow uh, so years ago, it was just uh, a gas grill and a reason to drink beer. And yeah, then right. it kind of morphed into, uh, that's what it was. I mean, my dad, would, I would get off night shift. He'd get ready to go to work, come out, start his car. And I've got two feet of snow and I'm cooking a steak and drinking a beer. And he's like, you suck. I just ate cereal. <laughs> so it kind of, it kind of morphed in, into um, about 2000. 12 i got hooked up with a guy from arkansas who was telling me about ugly drum smokers yeah and i got interested in that went nosedive into the uh forums built my first one and as a way to save money because you're cooking a big piece of meat and uh you know stretch that out for a week or two and it's just snowball from there now, what made you want to build an ugly drum smoker? Like, when you started looking at them and you were like, listen, I can do a barrel, um, what kind of drew you to that smoker first off? Oh, well, I didn't know anything about smoking. Um, the, only, the only experience I had was gas grilling at the time. And um, the fact I was able to build something that was super cheap, like it took me, you know, we were single income, so it was something super cheap that I could build. I could yep. buy a part, wait a week or two, buy some more parts, and then finally have this whole thing put together. It took me a couple hours. I got to play with a new torch, uh, burned it out, painted it up, got it all all together, and it's it's a pride thing. It's something that I built. Yep. And then I got to learn how to cook on that. And that... Uh, the understanding that you get about fire management when you build something is priceless. Now, when you built your first ugly drum smoker, um, I'm going to ask this weird question, but how many um, intake vents did you have? Did you have just one, or did you have did you have multiple ones? Uh, actually, the first one I built, I put three. Okay. Um, one, they were all one inch holes, but I put in three quarter inch pipe nipples. Okay. And then, um, I actually put a plug in the front one 
So I only used two. Okay. And then as I could, I added onto it and put the risers on it yep. and ball valves and stuff. And, uh, and I only use the third valve or the plug if it's really cold and I'm having ash cluggage issues. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I just, I always wonder, um, cause there's so many different ways of building an ugly drum smoker. Uh, some people build, build them with just one. Some people build them with two, some people build them with three, you know what I mean? Um, so I figured I'd ask when, when you're building your first one, I'd feel like a lot of people only build one just because they're like, listen, one is <laughs> one's enough to deal with. And then, um. Well, there's times, you know, there's times where you'll have, like, especially when you run the pipes up, you'll have trouble drawing. Yeah. If you don't have yeah. a good breathing fire in absolutely. the basket to begin with. So then you got to open up the other one a bit to add more air to get it to, yeah, to let it fire do, to breathe right. Yeah, to let it go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then did you do only two, uh, or did you do one chimney up top? Uh, actually, did you do two? On, on the first one, I had a flat lid. And I drilled eight half-inch holes around it. Okay. And I just used refrigerator magnets to cover them up when I was done. Okay. And then as I progressed into the second build, I actually took that drum and flipped it upside down, cut the bottom out for a Weber lid. Yep. But the, the ring actually fell off because I ground it down too far. Okay. <laughs> so I had to take the top third of another drum and it sits right on top. Okay. Okay. So basically, I made a WSM out of two drums. Because the top part, the okay. top third will lift off. Yep. And then the body will lift off the base. And then you got the base sitting there with the fire basket. But but there's no... Is there a water pan anywhere in, inside of it? No. Uh, I don't run water pans. Okay. Um, so it's not the like a drum. true WSM. That's what I'm asking. Right. It's not a true, right. true WSM where, where there, there, there's a water pan inside of it. No, I do run a heat deflector. Okay. So I have a uh, like a pizza pan or uh, it's actually a, a piece out of a 30-quart steamer. Okay. So I took that, that piece out and I set that on top of the basket and that's my heat deflector. And that's your heat deflector to make sure that you're not getting direct heat. Right. Right, because when you don't have that heat deflector, the center of your rack and the outside of the rack, even though it's only uh, 12 inches apart, you could be 40 degrees difference. Absolutely, yeah. Just because, I mean, it's just, it's all about the, uh, it's all the about heat. that uh, heat, you know, it's the heat where, 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 that, where that fire is actually going. Um, now... When you when you kind of first started with that, what was your learning curve? Considering you built it yourself, it's not something that somebody else built, so you have it a little bit more understanding in, in that sense. But what was your kind of learning curve on that? Uh, the big one was how to manage a fire and what clean smoke was. Oh, that's so important. I, I I'd love to actually dive into clean smoke with you. Because I feel like a lot of people don't understand clean smoke in that sense. Um, a lot of people start seeing smoke and they start seeing dirty smoke and they go, oh, I'm missing that smoke. Let's get that shit on there. Right. 
Now we we were at a competition and I use Royal Oak Lump. Okay. And my buddy's like he uses Kingsford. That's it. Okay. No questions asked. So I start up my drum the way that I do, and put the lid on, got the vents open, and I'm off doing other stuff. And he's like, "Dude, is that is that good?" Because I don't use a chimney. Okay. I just put the lighter cubes down the ash pan, yeah, yeah. set Let the basket go. on top, yeah. and it goes. And I said, yeah, it's fine. Just wait. So when it hit 200 degrees, I closed down one vent. So I had just the one. Yeah. I said, just, just give it about 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, he was watching it. And it went from white smoke, clear, like, and it just cleared up. And he was like, what the hell? I said, now we're ready. Yeah. It, it is, it's really neat when you can sit there and watch it go from white, nasty, heavy to just clear, clean breathing. It's so funny how so many people see that white smoke and they're like, you know what? I want to I wanna put – I'm, I'm missing it. Um, I did a class um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was a couple of months ago and at this point, mainly because I don't realize where time goes in my life. <laughs> but I did a class and, and one of the guys came up to me. He's like, your cookers don't look like mine. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, mine's constantly pillowing out white smoke. He goes, and I know that that's when I'm getting good smoke. I'm like, you're getting dirty and bad smoke at that point, right? And he's like what do you mean i'm like you don't want to see the pillow smoke he's like but you you don't want to see smoke and i'm like no I'm like when you don't see smoke that's when you're ready to cook i i like to when i'm talking to people and they're talking about smoke and the whole fire aspect i like to relate it to running yeah you know when you first start out running you're breathing heavy and everything and you're just like kind of winded and then once you get in stride you're breathing normal and natural and everything's good. Yeah. That's the same as your cooker. Yeah. You know, once it's up and breathing good, that's when you're ready to go. Yeah. And you start getting that good that good smoke out of it. Um, and when you get that clean smoke, that's when you get the best smoke penetration. Right. You know what I mean? That's when, that's when it really penetrates the meat. That's when it really gets deep into that, in, into that meat. And it, it tastes the best. I mean, that, you know, let's be honest, it just tastes the best at that point. Yeah. You don't get that kind of creosote heartburning yeah. type deal, you know, and when you burp two hours later, you don't see smoke. Yeah. <laughs> That's so such a great way to say it. Like, you don't, um, you don't burp out smoke. You feel good about it. It tastes good. Um, and I've, I've always gotten the best results out of that. And yes, when you when you work with a stick burner, um, maybe for the first two minutes or, or three minutes, you might see a little bit of smoke. You might see a little bit of dirty smoke. Uh, just while that, um, while that, you know, stick can catches fire, right? If you're throwing in a cold stick, uh, what I like to do is pre-warm my sticks. I don't know. I don't know. You don't do you use a stick burner in any way, shape, or form? Every now and again. Uh, my buddy's got a, a big stick burner, but it's okay. gas assist. So after we will, we'll run sticks for the first couple hours and then switch over to gas and go to sleep. 
Yeah, see, I'm I'm brutal. I work sticks all day long. Yeah. Yeah. We we've right. talked about that, but he's when we're doing his, it's twelve hundred pounds, and yeah, it we're running to me. Yeah, we're Dude, running I'm multiple running. cookers, and then we got to serve the next the next day. Walking to my day. life, bro. Walking yeah. to my life. It's just I don't sleep. <clears throat> I cater. I cater on a fucking regular <laughs> stick burner. You see, you're laughing. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Yes. Um. We we cater and then we do pop ups and we do we do we do service and I will I will work the work work the uh work the cooker and then I go off and do the pop up mm-hmm. and it is it it it's not for the faint of heart don't get me wrong uh granted that I do do cook a little hotter and faster now um so for some people that are like oh well you know you cook hotter and faster now well, yeah fuck off dude uh I'm still getting up at three in the morning. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right? And for that for that cook we did twelve hundred pounds. Yeah. We started two days prior to the event. Yeah, that yeah, it's a little rough. So days prior, we're yeah. we're hitting that third day. Yeah, it's uh, a little you're, rough. you're at about eight Your hours. Body sleep. Shuts down. Right. And then we have the family stuff to toss in there. The kids yep. had practice and yep. had to get here and had to get there. Then you gotta come back and wrap and it was it was just no, I, chaotic. I, I, I totally get you. Um um, I have a, I have about a 36 hour window. I got 36 to about 39 hours left in me. Um, I can go 36 to 39 hours. And then after that, my body decides to say, uh, guess what? We're done. It, it's, it, you're done. It's time to nap for a little bit. Yep. It doesn't matter how long you nap. You, you're, you're going to fucking sleep. Yep, and it that's, doesn't. It doesn't matter. That was the nice thing with the gas assist is we could turn that on, and go lay in the truck, you know, or lay in the sleep in the chair for a minute. You set the alarm on the phone for an hour or two, and wake up and go check it. Yeah. Well, here here's the thing, and I'm sure I'm gonna get shit for this, and I I frequently don't give a shit. Um, meat only takes smoke for so long right Mm -hmm. so for the way that i cook now with hot and fast on my mixing is i will get my meat on by 4 15 right by 9 30 10 o'clock i'm wrapping okay but i'm cooking at 300 so uh the way I do it is I'd be running 250, yep. 275. Yep. And after four, four and a half hours, you're I'd be wrapping. So you're, then damn I, near, you're damn near close to me. Yep. And then I'd right. take my temp up then crank, to crank it, what are you crank 350. See, I sometimes, have a 325. So we're, sometimes we're, uh, it just depends on where it gets. And see, I feel like we're, we're, we're pretty close on that sense. You know what I mean? I go, I go 325, um, and I will run that until... It's done. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, I, I start at 300 and I do 275, 300. Cause I'm, I'm always, I always give myself that 25 degree window mm-hmm. because I don't think like, I don't think it's that much of a difference. Nah, with pork shoulders, it doesn't, they're so forgiving Even with brisket, man, the 25 yeah. degrees, the swing, it's not a huge deal. Like no, if I'm I... within that, tw- if I'm within that 25 window, and I'm not saying like go up to 325, 350. I'm saying if I'm within 
275 to 300, I'm a happy human. Yeah, yep. Especially on, on an all-stick burner, yeah, I'm super happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You, stay, you stay in that in that in that realm and you're good to go. Yep. Once you hit that cruise zone and she just she just runs. And she wants to hang. Yep. It's fantastic. And there's days where she's froggy and she wants to run hot. Hey. That's fine. We're gonna go with that. It happens, right? It does. I mean I don't know how many times I've said it, but like know your smoker, allow your smoker to kind of tell you where you're going to go in life. And so many people are like, no, 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 no. I want to cook at 225 with my smoker, like sitting at 250. Don't fucking fight it. Yep. Let that, that smoker was, hang out at 250. That was one lesson I had a hard time learning because I wanted to be at 225 because everything I'd read was 225, 225, 225. 225. And I was like, but my cookers, none of them, want to run 225 they like all of them like sitting 250 okay yeah so i start cooking 250 and i don't notice a difference at all and is there, i was gonna say is there that much of a fucking difference in the product that you're getting no no you're done just a little bit earlier like 20 or 30 minutes you get you get shit done yeah that's all that matters right because yeah. it's so funny like I will, I will start stuff, and ooh, somebody's got some doggies. Yeah, uh, no, it's all good. It's all good, dude. It, it happens. It's all good, dude. That's the beauty of this podcast, dude. We just keep <laughs> fucking rolling. Um, I was cooking. I was cooking a couple shoulders, right? Uh, it was actually last. Uh, well, this podcast will air not last weekend, but it's a couple. We'll give it. We'll give it a couple weeks ago, um, when this podcast there, it uh, airs. But um, we were doing a couple pop ups, and I and I did some shoulders, and I don't know where the fuck these shoulders came from. Well, I do. They came from our suppliers, but um, they were massive, massive shoulders. I'm talking like thirteen to fourteen pound shoulders. That's wow. a big fucking pig, okay? Yeah. Nice fat caps, beautiful, beautiful fat caps on them. And I, personally, I like cooking something with a big fat cap. I, I just, I enjoy it. I know some people are like, I don't need that big fat cap. I got the moisture. Great. You're a good human. I could give a fuck less. I like cooking with big fat caps. The way that I cook, it helps me, or not helps me, but I just, I just enjoy it. I enjoy that fat cap, that moisture, and the way that I, I cook, it just it just works for me. So these things were fucking massive, and I threw them on super fucking cold. I like throwing my shoulders super, super cold. I'm talking like they were maybe, like if I stuck a Thermapen in them when they when I threw them on, maybe 38 to 40 degrees. Yep, that's about when I put mine on. You know what I mean? Like, I am not letting them come up to room temperature. I am not letting any of that shit. I put them on fucking cold. Why? Because meat only takes smoke for so long, and it only takes mm -hmm. meat, or it only takes smoke till it reaches a certain temperature. So I want to be as cold as possible so I can pull in as much smoke as possible, right? Absolutely. So, 
threw them on, right? Super fucking cold. I temp these things three and a half hours in. I'm at 98 degrees. Ooh. And I'm cooking at 300 degrees. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, holy shit. I, I have a timeline. I have a timeline that I have to meet. Right? I'm, ca- I, I'm cooking for a pop-up. It's not like it's not like a it's not like a it's not like a um, event where it's like oh you're cooking for your family so it's like oh shit we're, we're you know an hour or two later you know what I mean it, it's just we have to leave at a certain time we have to leave our right. kitchen at a certain time I need to let these things rest for a certain amount of time before I pull them and. Three, I think it was three and a half hours in, and we were at like 98 degrees. And I was like, whew. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was actually texting, texting a couple of my buddies, and I was like, what's the hottest you guys have cooked pork shoulders at? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to start at five? 500? <laughs> well, I'm like, what, 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 can I, what can I bring these things up to? So... At the ki- kitchen, we have a convection convection oven, right? Um, so I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna let them get a little bit more smoke. I pull them at 110, which they they can still take a little more smoke at that point. Pull them, wrap them, throw them in the oven. Cause I'm like, my smoker, like I have other things on the smoker. I can't crank my smoker up. Like, right. I just can't. I got brisket going. I'm gonna have. Pork belly burn ends going. I'm not mac and cheese going. Like, I cannot do this. But I have to get these things fucking done. So I pull them, wrap them. So I know they're, they're not going to take any more smoke anyways because they're going to get wrapped. It doesn't matter. Throw them in the convection oven at 450. <laughs> I've had to do that just because I wanted to sleep. And I had somewhere to be the next day. Right? Like that morning. You know, I'm like it's like 3 in the morning. I'm like... We're not going anywhere. I've got to be at work in three hours, and they need to rest while I'm at work. Pull oh. them off, throw them in the oven. Let them go. Take a nap, check them. They were, they needed a little bit longer, but I left them wrapped up tight. Yep. Put them in the, the cooler and let them sit while I went to work. Came home. They were, they were perfect. They were still dude, 200 degrees. Dude, they fucking came out phenomenal. Like, I have no idea how these things yeah. came out phenomenal, but they were fucking phenomenal, and everybody at, their, at our pop-up was like, your pork's so tender, it's so fucking good. How did you do that? And I was like, don't ask me about this one. I'm going <laughs> to lie to you right now. I'm going to tell you how I normally do it. But I just like, call it love. Yeah, I was like, dude, this one did not come out the way it fucking should. But honestly, I think these were the biggest shoulders I've ever fucking cooked in my life. Yeah, I don't get them that big very often. I don't either, but it, it just, they came in the case. And you know what? I ain't going to throw them away. And I ain't going right. to return two shoulders. And a lot of times when we get the cases for competitions, you'll have one that's 12 pounds. 
and the one that's packaged right there with it is eight. Like eight. <laughs> yeah. You're like, come on. You're like, what the fuck you guys just do right here? Come on. Hey. So then we got to split them up so the small ones go on this cooker, and then the big ones go on this one. Yup. No, I, I feel you, dude. I feel you. I'm 100% with you. I feel you right now. And, you know, they, they were massive shoulders. They were fucking just gigantic. I don't even know what they, they like. They were like dinosaur shoulders. <laughs> but they were, they were tender. And the funny thing is, like, so I hand pull everything. Right. I don't, I don't do the, I don't do the, you know, I don't do the fucking claws. I don't do anything else. None of that bullshit. Like I'm feeling it through my fingers. Uh, I, I work, I wear cotton gloves and then I wear, I wear my, wear my plastic gloves on top of it. So obviously, you know, I have a little bit of protection from the heat, just a little bit. Uh, believe me, I feel it through it anyways. Oh, um, Jersey gloves yeah. and then the rubber gloves. Yeah. Oh, you know, that was a game changer for me. Yeah, but you're not gonna feel. You're, you'll still feel a little bit. You still get hot, but it's bit. nowhere near doing it barehanded. No, and I've done it barehanded when I had to. It, yes, and uh, that hurts. I just keep. I keep smiling and just keep pulling. Yep. Like we but, we did a class once and uh, we didn't have time to rest it. <laughs> oh. So about a two hundred and six degree pork shoulder. That we're pulling. Yeah, yep. it's a little warm. And we're just pulling this. I'm just pulling this fucker. And what and I like pulled the bone out clean as day. It's beautiful. And one of the guys is like, that bone hot? I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, bro. Just, Not anymore. I, I'm like, I just keep I just keep pulling, keep pulling, keep pulling, keep pulling. He's like, this is so good. I'm like, yeah, because you guys are all eating it now. That's just gonna dry out in about fucking 30 minutes. It'll be funny. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it happens, you know what I mean? Like it's barbecue. It, it's an in, it's an imperfect art. But um, when I sit like, down to when I sit down to pull them, I usually turn the TV so it's facing the kitchen, and I pop in a movie. Yeah. It's and when even. I when I'm pulling three or four butts, it's usually the end of the movie. <laughs> Time I'm done because I go through it so fine. You know, we don't just pull it, but we pull all that fat out of there, all the silver skin, all the. Pull it all all that stuff, all that tissue in between the muscles, I pull all that out. Pull it out and then, we, then we strain all the juice, all that au jus, we run through a fat separator, and then I'll pour that half of that back into the pool. Yeah, absolutely. And mix it in, toss in some more of your rub. Oh, the eyes that roll back in the head. Whew. See, I feel like not enough people reseason. No. No, and that's something that I just started doing uh, since competitions because in the last like, couple if, years. If, if you think about it, right, the outside of that pork shoulder is about five percent of the five to ten percent of that pork shoulder, right? So, mm -hmm. if you don't re-season your pork shoulder, man, come on, you're barely seasoning it. Like when people are like, well, I seasoned the outside really, really well. Yeah, but that's not a fucking enough. It's like a needle in a haystack trying to find a good nugget of the the outside. Right. Enough of that. Um, enough of that bark. Right. To, to really give you some flavor. So when you put that light dusting back in it. Yep. Then roll it in there. Yep. You get that little pops of flavor. Yep. On the like pork flavor that is just standing out. 
And it the, just it, enhances it. It enhances it, and I, I just feel like you need it. You really yeah. fucking need it. And, and putting the Azu back in, oh, you that will change. That changes everything. Especially if you're catering or if you're you're selling it. If you're selling it by weight, um, mm-hmm. you're going to add a little bit more weight to it. You really are, and you're adding you're adding you're adding weight and moisture. And then if you're catering, you're you're keeping that moisture longer throughout it, right? Give us one second. I think we may have dropped the internet for a second, guys. Give us one second. So, as you we were saying, you're like, you put that so, beautiful, you put that Aju back in, that's going to keep that moisture for you longer. So, a lot of what I do is I'll prepackage into one-pound packs. Okay. So, I'll vacuum seal in one-pound packs, and I'll add that Aju back into the whole pool before I start packaging. Once I vacuum seal it, I freeze it. And then I sell them, you know, per pound. And they could just cut the end of the vacuum seal, throw it in the microwave. Boom. You got tender, juicy, pulled pork. Shit, don't tell them to throw that shit in the microwave. You know what you do? Tell them to throw, some, it, tell them to throw them in a the pot with boiling water. Some of them do that. Some of them, they just don't, they just don't want to cook. They just want to heat it up and go. <laughs> right? I'm like, hey, just cut it, throw it in there. Five minutes, you're good to go. Yeah, so what I what I tell everybody, because um, we do that every once in a while, we do two pound packages, um, and we tell them just put it in the, uh, let it come up to room temp, um, and then throw it into a pot of boiling water. Yep. And let it let it kind of come out. You know what I mean? Until it's nice and warm, and kind of steaming for you a little bit, and people just tend to love it. They're like, oh my god, they're like. It's the most juiciest pulled pork I've ever had. And it's like, yeah, well, that's because we saved a lot of the juices and we, we put it inside of it. Yep. That's how I do my briskets. When I do brisket, I'll tell them to do the same thing. You know, put it in a pot of water and let it come up slowly. Yeah, let it let it come up slowly. Let it kind of come up, come up to that nice, lovely temperature that you really want it to be at. Um, and I always tell them, I'm like, dude... If, if you have, like, a a thermometer, shoot for, like, 165. I always tell them do the hand. If it feels mushy all the way through, like, not mushy-mushy like a sponge, but if it feels nice and soft all the way through, yeah, see, I feel you're like probably I good. Don't, I don't trust people enough for that. Uh, I try to give them, you know, if it's a sponge, <laughs> no. If it's, like a, like, a scratch pad, you know, like a green scratch pad, but not rough, you know, you're there. And yes. they're like, oh, okay. Yes, yeah, I feel like people are going to overcook the shit on my fucking biscuit. <laughs> well, when the bag melts, it's a little too far. <laughs> when the bag's starting to disintegrate, you, you've gone too far. <laughs> and that's happened. Oh, I'm sure it has. I'm sure yeah. 110% that has happened. Yep, and I was like, oh, what do you mean? How long did you do that for? And they're like, Seven hours. We just put it in there and then walked away. Like it's not noodles. You got. <laughs> what do you mean you walked away? Well, we came back like three hours later after Bradley's practice and everything yeah. was melted. Oh. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of sauce did you put on it? 
Water. <laughs> Just put some sweet baby rays on it. It'll be fine. You know, it's more. It was moist throughout. <laughs> we we boiled it. <laughs> I whenever whenever I think of anyone like boiling meat, I don't know why. But have you ever seen the uh, Have you ever seen the movie Better Off Dead? Yeah, it's a John Cusack movie. When she's when the, the mom's like, I know you don't like the grease from bacon, so I boiled it. <laughs> Uh, that's all I can think about. That's all I can think about. Like when people boil it, uh, and don't get me wrong. Like if I get a nice, good Asian sticky rib, I understand that that shit's boiled, and I'm okay with that because of of what it is and what you do to it. But for the most part, dude, I don't want my fucking ribs boiled. I don't want my brisket boiled. I don't want my pork shoulder boiled. I I don't I don't want my chicken boiled. I really just don't want anything boiled. <laughs> yep. If I'm going somewhere and I'm not sure how they cooked it, I just don't even ask. I'm like, don't tell me. That way, I don't know. That way, I can I, I can pretend to enjoy it. Yes. Yes. I'll just lie to you. Just yeah. Fucking, just fucking lie to you and just if it's, eat it. We went to this one place and I I, I always get nachos at a okay. new place. Because if it's a barbecue place and it's not that good, it's on nachos. It's kind of hard to screw up nachos. And true. this it was a chicken. It's a chicken place, and this chicken was so dry. I mean, it was all, like all breast meat, and it was way overcooked. Ooh. And I'm like, you screwed up nachos. How? Use oh. breast meat, bro. The, yeah, that was, and I was just like, Ugh. so. Then every time we go by the place, my wife's like, you want to go there? And I'm like, no. Nope. They screwed up nachos. Don't think so. Well, nachos, you can really use leftover pretty much everything for nachos. Mm-hmm. Because the, there's so much cheese and all that you other shit. You put everything on. I mean, everything on nachos. Right? Yeah. You just put shit on it. It's like the best food group there is. <laughs> is it a food group? Are we calling it a food group now? Is that where we're going with it? <laughs> yep. That's one of my favorite food groups. Is nachos? Mm-hmm. I, will, I will say that um, it's something that I actually stay away from in pop-ups. Um, I stay away from nachos just because there's so many components to nachos. I really don't want to prep all of them. <laughs> but for a restaurant, I, I get it. I get the, I get why you would do nachos. It makes sense. It's, it's simple. It's easy. Um, and realistically... You're putting very little, little product on a nacho. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's pretty much just chip. Yep. Right. And chip and cheese. Chip and cheese, and that shit's cheap. Yep. When and you know, they they put the salad stuff on there that they've already got for salads. Yep. So. But, but that's you, it. When you we love doing nachos. When you put brisket or pulled pork on it, you're putting very little product on it and you're making a good you're you're making a great fucking margin on it mm-hmm. yep and, and it's it it's super cool like when you're at a party yeah you're having people over you do a sheet pan of nachos and then you put the shredded cheese on it throw it on the grill yep man the people would just roll their eyes and fall back in the seat and they're like are you serious now are you still cooking on your ugly drums have you have you 
put any more cookers on the uh, on the uh, on the old uh, you know uh, roster, or did you kind of mainly cook on those? Uh, we see we have four ugly drums. I made three minis. Um, we actually won a propane smoker, and my Weber kettles, my workhorse. Yeah. Uh, those are those are the main ones that I use. I just I mean, got the Lodge Sportsman's grill, and that thing is fun. A little cast iron grill. Yeah. It's just that's just fun to play with. You know, I've never gotten the chance to play with that. Uh, I I was always on the fence about it because I've got the little Webers, yeah. That I've got tamale pot on and made it a smoker, so I've got yeah. the little grills. And I was like, eh, I got it. And I tell you, I was just sitting on a little milk crate out in the driveway and just moving the fire around. And I cooked up probably two dozen burgers and a bunch of brats and whatever the wife brought out. She just kept bringing shit. <laughs> She's like, yeah. here, it's running, keep going. Yeah, and just just playing with the fire, moving the coals around, it, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, the lodge thing, it looks beautiful. It looks looks like it's a lot of fun. It looks like it'll be fun. I just uh never got one. But then again, you know, I mean, I have I have a good array of cookers and um I'm only allowed to bring so many cookers home. In that sense, um my wife kind of uh, plays this game with me. She she gets mad. I tell her that the cooker needs a good home. And somebody was not giving it a good home. So I brought it home. And I kind of treat it like... Um, uh, like... Kind of like a, 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 a lost puppy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like this puppy didn't have a home, so, so I I'm just take care of it until I find a better place for it. Yeah, which is never gonna leave my yeah. backyard. Well, my buddy's the same. He does the same thing, and then he calls me and says, "Hey, I need help moving this cooker, and I don't have a place to put it, so it's in my backyard now, and it's been there for a year." Yeah. So it's my cooker now. Yep. <laughs> so my Pretty wife's much. like, um. Our backyard's starting to look like a junkyard of cookers. Wouldn't call it a. You should call it an art form of cookers. Yeah, she doesn't see it that way. <laughs> I like to play this game when she's like, "Where did that come from?" And I'm like, ah, "It's been here." Yeah, yeah. You didn't see that before. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I try to slide them in the garage, and it's like, "Where did that come from?" No, no, the garage garage is too dangerous. I go straight to the backyard. Well, that's where I keep most of my all my drums and stuff. Keep them out of the weather so they last longer. Because otherwise, sitting outside, they'll get they'll get all rusty and stuff. And go straight to the backyard. It's dangerous in the garage. You can see that. Well, the backyard. She puts whenever she puts dogs out, she can see them. So she's kind (laughs) of like that's a new one. Oh, see, I I feel like the garage. She walks through the garage every day, so she'd see it. Mine does to go through the garage. That's see, the man cave. Ah, see, there you go. See, you're winning there. Uh, mine goes to the garage every day, so... I yeah, feel mine's like in the she, backyard. She yeah. would see it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would do the same thing if, if she didn't go to the garage every day. I mean, we, we're just going to put it there. We're going to yeah. hide it. 
Well, I don't, uh, it's 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 in there, but it's in plain sight. And then mm-hmm. she doesn't know about it until I'm like modifying it, and she's like, "Wait a minute, where'd that come from? It, oh, it's dude, been it, here for it's been here forever. It's been here for like months, baby. Where are you talking about? Babe, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's been here. <laughs> um, it's part of the family. We can't get rid of Troy. I already named it. Don't you remember we talked about that? You were sleeping. <laughs> Oh, the funny thing is, my wife actually talks to me in her sleep, and um, I will have full-on fledged conversations with her, and she will not remember them in the morning. And there's times, like, now I will ask her math questions while she sleeps. So I'll be like, two plus four. She's like, uh, like you're asleep, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So none, none of this shit actually counts. But well, we're on we're on opposite schedules. So when I do see her, I'm like, hey, and she's already in bed. So I'm like, hey, um, about this thing here, and she's like, yeah, exactly. You're like, oh shit. So that's a yes. Okay. Exactly right. Um, I actually she does learned... a, <clears throat> she does the same thing to me. I went knife shopping. Well, well, she was at a work party, and I texted her going, I'm buying new knives. Well, I never got a reply because she was busy. You know what I mean? She didn't look at the phone, and I, I just took it as a yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, I, I got, I, like, went out with her later that night. I'm like, I got new knives. She's like, what? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, we got new I tried to. I tried that once. I typed it, but I didn't hit send. And then later on, I was like, she's like, what the hell is this? I was like, oh, remember, I texted you about it, but I didn't get a reply. So I just went ahead and got it. Yeah. I never got that. And then I pull up my phone. I'm like, oh, I didn't. It didn't send. I don't know why. I didn't. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have connection. I just didn't send. I, I, I thought, thought I did. I thought I sent it, but it, it didn't send. But look, I typed it. it, it Listen, I, I, I put effort out, right? <laughs> I put some effort out. I, I did think of you too. before this purchase. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, which is, which is the best. It really it really is. It's the best way to um, start a lovely divorce argument. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I go back to, you know, I, uh, it's, it's for barbecue and... And if you don't like that, I could go back to drinking. And then she's like, and that's the end of that. So we're good. Well, look at look at this way. The way that I look at it, it's like, listen, I'm gonna feed you with this cooker. And then she's like, oh shit, you're right. Yeah, and that's kind of the saving grace. Like the other day, we we did some um, we did some tacos, right? And you know, I'm like. You know, you're pretty lucky. And she's like, I know. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean you know? And she's like, you still, like, I cook professionally. um, And she's like, you still are willing to cook at home. Which, Which means a lot because most people that cook professionally don't want anything to do with cooking at home. Nope, they want Chef Bordy and Pop-Tarts. Yeah, we do. I mean, realistically, like, I know when I, like, after a day of, like, cooking and, like, I, I mean, usually after a day, 
of like a long smoke, long cooks. Um, everyone joke like I make fun of, like they make fun of me, but I'm just like, like what do you want to eat? I'm like McDonald's cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, I don't want to think about what I'm going to cook. and Or, like, I get so many people that are like, oh, my God, you must eat so well at home. You must make amazing barbecue at home. And, yeah, yeah, there's times that I make some fucking bomb-ass barbecue. But at the end of the day, dude, like, I don't eat that much of my food anymore. I try it. I try it. I make sure that my flavor profile is on point. Um, I make sure my brisket's on point. And I make sure everything's on point to where I want, I mean, I feel comfortable serving it. And I'm, I, I'm a very big perfectionist. I want to make sure that um, everything is correct and everything is right. But at the same time, like, I'm not making brisket sandwiches for myself. I'm not making pulled pork sandwiches for myself. I'm making them for other people to enjoy, and I may I, I that that's what I that's what I love. Um, I love when people enjoy my food and smile. Man, I just had we just did an event for the um, the high school swim, and where everybody ate. We did all the we did pulled pork and pulled chicken. And after the dinner, this guy walks up to me, and he gets like 8 to 12 inches from me. I mean, he's like really hey, close. Hey, thanks for coming up into my personal space. And I was like, oh, and he's like, did you do the barbecue? And I was like, uh. Not anymore. I said, uh, <laughs> yeah. And he stuck his hand up and shook up my hand. He goes, thank you for that. And I was like, you're welcome. Kind of like, uh, that was weird. He says, no, you don't get it. He says, I can go out to eat. Sonny's or anywhere else, any place at all, and get barbecue. And no sooner we pay the bill, I'm throwing up in the bushes. Yeah. And I was like, uh, okay, kind of like, where's this going? He goes, I feel fantastic. He goes, that was the best I've ever had. I was like, uh, wow, okay, thanks. You throwing up in those bushes? Why do you keep going back? Well, and I don't know if it's. If it's just all the different places he's tried or, or what, I don't know. But he said every time I eat pulled pork, he goes, I get sick. Really? That's interesting. And he says, after eating whatever you did to it, I don't know what you did. He goes, but I, I feel great. I didn't fuck it up. Uh, I was like, it's just royal oak lump and some cherry wood and a drum. I mean, maybe it's the fat content. Maybe. Because I, I know I've been in some places where they don't pull the fat out and it's so greasy that okay. it makes you sick. Okay. And I, I, I don't know if that's what it was. Clean smoke. And most of those, you know, restaurants have to use something with a gas assist. A lot of them use a gas assist, but a lot of them, what they end up doing is they end up uh, hiring... Um, a 22-year-old that doesn't give a fuck about life, and right. he knows that as soon as he gets all the meat on, on the pit, he gets to fucking go home, and he doesn't give a shit what temp that meat goes on. He just wants to fucking get it on and go home. So he throws that shit on, 
um, throws a couple sticks in that start pillowing smoke. Well, it's smoke. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's a smoker. Mm, nobody. It's not. The gas assist kicks on, and eventually it gets clean, but it takes a while, and the the main period of that smoke, when it's bringing in the majority of, of its smoke flavor, is dirty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's fucking dirty smoke. It's pulling that dirt, dirty smoke in, and that's what's giving that like weird feel to it. And if it's like a hickory, then it's a little heavier and yep. harsher than yep. a pecan or you know yep. a cherry. If it's a hickory or a mesquite, um, yep. I don't know how many people are like, I don't like up up here in Chicago. We get a lot of people that are like, I don't like smoke. I just don't like smoked meat. And it's like, well, why don't you like smoked meat? It's like, oh, because this person smoked meat for me. And it's like, well, what do they smoke it with? You know what I mean? Like, did they smoke with, um, were they smoking with a hickory or or a mesquite? Yeah, 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 they smoked with mesquite. Well, what kind of cooker were they cooking in? And we start breaking, or I start breaking it down in the sense of like, well, maybe their cooker didn't have enough oxygen. Because hickory and mesquite need a lot of oxygen, which is why Mm -hmm. if you go to, like, Central Texas and, like, well, we cook with mesquite, if you look at the way that they're cooking, there's so much oxygen in that firebox, or they're burning it down to coals. You know what I mean? They're they're using Mm -hmm. burn barrels. They're burning it down to coals, which at that point, it's not going to give as harsh of a smoke. Right. And too many people don't understand that, and they're not they're not treating the 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 fuel with respect. They're just using it, right? And that's a problem. You know, that's a, that's a big barbecue problem. Just like a lot of people are like, when they use pellets, they're like, I have the super smoke. Okay, first of all, I don't know what the fuck super smoke is and second of all i don't give a fuck what super smoke is um so please don't email me please don't dm me please don't tell me what you think fucking super smoke is because i don't care um from what i'm understanding super smoke is like a 175 that's the temperature it's like a 175 180 and that's bullshit 110% bullshit <laughs> That's just the way I understood it. No, no, yeah, I get what you're saying. I understand that too. I'm just yeah. calling it bullshit. Basically, what it is, they're they're feeding that pellet over and over and over, so it creates more smoke inside the chamber. Um, but to me, if I'm cooking at 300, dude, I've pushed, I've had smoke rings that have been gigantic. Inside my brisket. Mm-hmm. Smoke rings that have been gigantic inside my pork shoulders. Smoke rings that have been gigantic inside my fucking chicken. At 300 fucking degrees. Right. Because I have clean smoke and I'm pushing it into... I'm pushing it in cleanly. And that's understanding a fire. Yeah. You know, somebody that doesn't understand a fire that are just doing this as a... Hey, I just got pork chops. Yep. Let me throw them on. You know, they don't understand... What what's going on? I mean, they're the gas griller. I'm a super smoker. 
and I'm going <laughs> to laugh at all day long. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Like, pellets have their place, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but they really do. They have their fucking place. If, if they're the gateway drug for somebody who wants to start smoking, fantastic. And if they want to start moving up past that, and they use their they use their pellet cooker for six months to a year, and then they realize, you know what, this fucking thing doesn't do exactly what I want it to do. Um, I I want more flavor. I want real flavor. Um, I don't want hamster food to be my main fuel source. Um, then they start moving into charcoal. Now, I feel like charcoal and real wood is where it's at. Why? Because when if you if you break down the way that fuel processes go, right? It starts at real wood, then it burns down to charcoal. From charcoal, it goes down to briquettes. From briquettes, it goes down to pellets, right? Pellets are more like sawdust in, 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 in a real sense. Um, and I don't use briquettes because I just don't, I don't like the compressedness of, of briquettes. I'd rather use like a lump charcoal. I don't know if you use briquettes or not, but I, I, I much rather use a lump charcoal. It depends on the sale, yeah, and um, what I, what I'm feeling. Like, I, if I'm wanting to do some Dutch oven stuff, then I'll have the briquettes. But if you're doing Dutch oven stuff, then you're not you're using it as a fuel source. You're using it as a heat source, heat and source. you're not using it to create smoke or full on flavor in a sense, right? Right, right. So, if, and then there's times where I'm. I'm in the kettle, yeah, or in the the vortex. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Then then, then it's a little different. Yeah. So it's the, it depends on the application that I'm going to use doing it in. And I I yeah. totally agree with that. D depending on the application, um, different fuel works better, right? Yeah. Um, I always keep I always try to keep both on hand, yeah. just in case. You know, depending it's, on what day, what cooks going on. Yeah, but especially if you're using Dutch oven, um. I feel like briquettes work a little bit better because of the evenness of the side. The the science of it in in trying to keep so many here and so many here yep. in certain spots. Yep. Where if you're just taking a shovel and throwing a shovel a coals around, it's a little bit difficult. Now you got to you got to work up to that to that comfort level. Sure. And so the briquettes make it the easy kind of entry level to get used to it and get good at it. Make life easy. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I totally understand that. Um, and for me, it's like, it's like commercially we use, we use all sticks. Um, we, we run a stick burner. I don't know how many of my buddies have been like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. You are still staying strong with using a stick burner. <laughs> there's literally something wrong with you and i'm like yeah yeah there is but at the same time like you pull up to a festival you fucking throw some sticks in there it, it's like fucking literally it's not even fair it's almost like you know like mosquitoes to a light where they're mm -hmm. like what, what what's that i i smell smoke i want barbecue yep and then you see it, and th then there's that whole draw to it. Oh, yeah. It, it's a complete total draw to it. And to me, it's worth it. To me, yep. it's 100% worth it because my product starts moving off moving off my shelf 
in that sense, like a hundred times faster. Uh, it's and you got that passion and that love and that care to to do that. Where a lot of a lot I think of people it's that are stupidity. Well, we'll call it love and passion. <laughs> <laughs> Same as marriage, but abuse. <laughs> I think that word's there somewhere in, the, in that in that word. <clears throat> and once they see that, then that brings them in. Like, yeah, wow, wow, this guy knows. Yeah, and I can feel the love and and the product. Yeah. And and you know what? I think a big part of it is like the love of the product. Um, when you love the product and you and you show, you show the compassion and you show the understanding of the product, it comes through so so well that so many people like it tastes differently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It really fucking does. It tastes completely different, and people just. They, they, they can taste it. You know, I don't know how many people have been like, you know, we can taste the difference between your product and somebody else's. And it's like, well, the difference between my product and somebody else's is I'm actually cooking it and they're not, I'm not paying somebody else to. You know what I mean? When, I'm not. When not you give somebody, somebody that, when somebody gets that ratatouille moment. Yeah. Where it just takes them back to a, a spot in their, their life yeah. where they 20 or 30 years prior they hadn't thought about and then they're like they come back to you two hours later and they're like dude yeah that took me back to my mother's kitchen back in poland and yeah. you know this is the exact this taste is the exact same thing she had 30 years ago and she's been dead for 20 yeah you know and it was like once that moment happens you're like holy shit maybe i'm onto something no, yeah, you know, it's 110% that way. Like, um, we did a beer pairing with a brewery, and I did a pork belly burnet, or pork belly for for the beer pairing. And I did a pork belly burnet in, in the sense, and then we did it on a slider. So, but I did a really thick cut pork belly, right? And one of the, one of the, the couples kind of stopped me, and they were like, can we discuss what you just put on that on that slider? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, let's talk about it. And she's like, I hate pork belly. She's like, I don't like bacon. She's like, I think it's greasy. I just, she's like, it's just not, it's just not for me. She's like, what you fucking did to that thing was amazing. She's like, you rendered enough of the fat out where it wasn't like super, you know, like squishy fat. She's like, but you left enough to where it was still juicy. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, she's like, the meat was tender. And then the sauce that you used on top of it, which you do a house-made sauce. And she's like, the sauce had a little bit of sweetness, but it had enough of a peppery kick at the end of it that it wasn't like candy. Right. And then we put it on a potato roll because I feel like potato rolls are fucking the best things on the planet. Um, so we put on a potato roll and she's like, it's so fucking good. She's like, everything just went together properly. And I was like, yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> and I got, I, I, you know, I kind of had to have that little bit of little confidence in there. And I was like, yeah, fucking did. And she was like, I, she was like, I literally, she's like, I won't eat anybody else's pork belly, but yours. She's been to like 
since then she's been like five or six pop ups, and always gets the pork belly burn ends. And I'm like, I thought you don't like pork belly burn ends. She's like, I don't. Oh, I get man. pork belly burn ends. <laughs> That's when you know, like, you fucking hit it correctly. What I like is when somebody comes over and they've had your stuff and they're like, I'm going to try whatever it is you're going to make. No matter how off the wall it sounds. We did um, spam bites. Just took spam, cubed it up like burn ends, yeah. rolled them in a rub and smoked them. Yeah. And this guy was like, are you serious? I can't, I can't believe I'm doing this. And he ate one. About fell backwards on the floor because he enjoyed it so much. It commenced to eat the next half pan. But let, let, let's be honest. If you're going to eat, like, fucking Cheetos or anything else, you might as well fucking eat Spam. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, all the, all Spam is is really spiced ham uh, that's cured. Uh, I mean, all, all ham is pretty much cured, but it, it's just fucking spiced ham. That's all it is, and then put it into a fucking can. And it'll last forever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> because I mean the salt content in it is is fucking out fucking rageous, let's be honest. And for any of the listeners that are gonna to try to do this spam bites, get the light spam or the low sodium. Does that help a little bit? That way it's not too salty. Because then you can use any kind of rub. Okay. Use a sweet rub when you rub it down and it won't be too salty. See, I would probably just soak it in water for a little bit. I didn't think that far ahead. I just dumped it out, cut it up, and threw it on there. Well, the only reason I was just thinking about soaking in water is just to pull a little bit of that salt out. Yeah. When I first did it, I didn't think about it. I was just kind of like, a, oh, hey, this sounds like a good idea. And it's one of those that bounces around your head a couple times, and then it's gone, so you got to grab it while it's there. No, I, I agree with you. No, no, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I don't know where we – we were in Hawaii, I believe, and uh, spam, Spam's huge in Hawaii. Huge, 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 huge. And um, I think we got like spam tacos. Which sounds, yeah, right? It sounds weird. But it yeah. was so fucking cool. <laughs> like, it, it yeah. I mean, you know, it, it when you're there, it's kind of like when in Rome, right? Does the Romans do? And well, we bought, you watch the food truck things on Netflix or Hulu? Yeah, yeah. And the, the Hawaiian guys are always killing it with Spam. Yeah, because they, that's what the fuck they cook at home. Don't don't try breaking out. What's the what's the uh, thing I'm looking for? Uh, don't reinvent the wheel. Just fucking use it. Right? Right. right. It's like, just fucking use what you know. I mean, think outside the box a little bit, but if you understand the box, fucking use it. Mm-hmm. And you're still going to give it to somebody's not ever going to see whatever you're making. Like, that's going to be the first time they've seen that. Of course. And that's going to make the the draw even bigger. Yeah, of course. Dude, of course. Dude, Lee, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us. You are a fantastic fucking human. Um, If you guys are looking for him, if you go to smoking underscore bears underscore on Instagram, I believe Twitter's the same thing. Are there any other social medias that they can find you on? Uh, YouTube. YouTube. Same same handle or? Same they, thing. Same handle. Ooh, he's a smart man. He, he branded it properly. 
Very good, dude. So if you go if you go to YouTube, you can also find him under smoke uh, smoking underscore bears underscore. Um, I'm sure on YouTube you could probably just if if you search smoking bears does do you come out? Uh, you gotta have the underscores. You gotta have the underscores. Okay, yep. so I have the underscores. He'll come up. Uh, make sure you check him out. Find him. He's making some amazing stuff. Um, YouTube how-to videos and all that kind of fun stuff. Yep, we do some DIYs. Uh, we do cast iron Wednesdays. And we do barbecue stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Dude, fantastic. Guys, go make sure you subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Make sure you give them some views. Uh, now, we like to end this podcast in a fun little way, Lee. If you could go back into the beginning of your cooking journey, what are three tips you would give yourself to help learning your or help shorten your learning curve? Hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a rough one. I know. And I've been thinking about this one for about a week. Uh, keep a journal. Um, I did keep a journal, and there's three, four years later, I'm still going back to those beginning cooks. Um, don't rely on a thermometer. You know, when I first started out, we were drinking pretty heavy, so you relied on beers and your gut. <laughs> so you just kind of say, oh, it's been, I don't know what time we started, so well, beers. let's just go check it. And you start kind of learning by feel. And, you know, so the big tip would be to write down what time you started Put the meat on, <laughs> so you have an idea. <laughs> um, on at eleven in the morning. Yes. We'll crack and your then, first you know, beer at eleven o two. Well, usually that was while you started the pit, but uh, trying to give so you the keep, benefit of the doubt there. Uh, keeping track of the time you put it on, and, and then going trusting your gut, um, and just keep being adventurous. If it sounds like a good idea. You want to bake a cake in a drum? Do it. Yeah, why I'm gonna, not? I'm going to tell you, it's awesome. Smoked cupcakes are, will change your mind. I mean, it'll just change your life. It's good. Yeah, we bake in our egg all the time. And get your kids involved. Keep the kids involved as much as they, as much as they want to. Yeah. Uh, that's been a big thing for us is, is I try to teach get the kids involved, even if it's just lighting a fire, rubbing the meat, or whatever that they want to do. Just just get them involved. My uh, my little two-year-old will, you know, the wife will come by the kitchen, and uh, she, I'll be like, it's time to add wood. And she comes with me, and she'll look into the firebox. And, I mean, she doesn't have no fucking clue what she's looking at. But at least she's, at least she's hanging out. You know what yep. I mean? Like she's hanging yep. out and looking in the firebox. So it's starting somewhere, right? Right. So when we first started, um, my youngest one, she was about six. And she was like, uh, I want to make a rub. So I've got this generic rub recipe, and I made it. And at six years old, she tweaked it to where it is now. Hey. And we still, that is still like our staple rub that we use and we've tweaked it just a little bit more since then, like refined it. And of course, right. It's still, I say, Hey bear, go make, make your rub. And she goes in, gets card and she makes a rub. 
I will say my my pork rub, it took me about three and a half years to really get to where I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is this like it's right. She had it down in three tries. And I was like, I was like, three tries. That's it. You're good. She's like, that's it. And then we've ran with that for a couple of years. And then we tweaked it just a little bit more. But she's the one doing the tweaking. Oh, see, I, I ran. I had mine down pretty pretty quickly. And then I started running with it, running with it. And I was like, you know what? There's a tweak. There's a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit. Yeah. There. So when oh. I say when I say three and a half years, it's like it it, it took that like. It took all those tweaks to mm-hmm. where I, I stopped tweaking. You know what I mean? Where I was like, okay, I got to walk away. Well, you would change the sugar. So you would change from brown sugar to I white sugar to no cane sugar. sugar. You go to honey powder. You go yeah. to uh, coconut sugar. Uh, I haven't gone to stevia or any of that stuff. because I don't fuck with stevia. I don't do any of no. that. I use the honey powder as my, uh, as, my, as, my, um, as my sweetener. Yeah. And I'm and I'm very happy with the color that it gives me. And the and nod. We have the same bear rub, is what we call it. Yeah. With honey powder. So that's the honey bear. Yeah. And then we have our sweet, which is a brown sugar. Okay. And then we have a coconut sugar version. Okay. So but the sweetness levels are different in all of them. Of course, yeah, because it because it you gives diff- it's a different sweetener. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So it kinda it just depends on what we're using. Going to use it on and for absolutely no no that's fantastic yeah that's awesome well dude Lee I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast hanging out with us um, are there any other so any other internet worlds that they that our listeners can follow you guys on oh those are the big ones um, I'm on Facebook under Lee Hollenbacher but that's just kind of uh, just our family stuff and repost from Instagram. In other words, you'll see a bunch of pictures of his children. So follow him on Instagram, follow him on Twitter, and on the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> the YouTube and Instagram are the big ones. Well, man, thank you so much. We'll have to have you back on soon. All right, bud. This was a blast.